Welcome to the DPM podcast, where we go beyond theory to give expert PM advice to leading better digital projects. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ben Aston, founder of the Digital Project Manager. Have you ever found yourself on a project where you, as the project manager, weren't made to feel particularly welcome? Insofar as maybe you've been told, hey, we don't need a PM on this project, thanks. Or perhaps you're listening to this podcast trying to decide whether or not you need a project manager on your project at all. Well, depending on who you ask, project management is either dying out completely or becoming more important than ever before. So which is it? Well, I might be biased, but I'm going to go with the latter. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about why it is that you can't afford to be without project management and how we as PMs can address some of the negativity around what we do and how we do it. This podcast is brought to you by Clarison, the leader in enterprise project and portfolio management software. Visit Clarison.com to learn more. Today, I'm joined by Tucker Sapavonka. Tucker is a director of product management at Crema, working with fund-up startups and enterprise clients, and they do lots of prototyping, testing, and building out of their mobile and web solutions. And he's responsible actually for leading and supervising the production team, the product managers, and managing and, and, and helping them with their development. And he's also a keen hiker and likes vacations too. So we'll talk about that. Tucker, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Ben. It's great to be chatting with you today. Uh, I'm curious as to know, last time we chatted, we talked about your new house, which I guess isn't so new anymore, but are you still working on uh, on your new house project? <laughs> we are. I, I don't think we'll ever be done with it. Um, we're quickly finding that, um, you know, as soon as you get done with one project, a new project comes up that you want to get done. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we've got a lot done so far, but we're looking forward to 2019 and the projects to come at home. Well, what are what's in the uh, yeah? What's in the what are, what are the goals for 2019 for 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 your home and vacation? I'm curious. <laughs> well, for vacations, we always take um, we always take an anniversary trip in March uh, during around spring break time. My husband's a teacher, so it's about the only time he can take off during the school year. And yeah. so um, we'll probably be going to Palm Springs uh, for that. And then we have a few other trips that we have planned. One going to Mexico. Um, and then just uh, some domestic travel, maybe up to Oregon, um, Washington, um, and then maybe also hitting up the East Coast at some point. Um, but we still got to figure a lot of that out. It's it's only January seventh. I still have a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a that sounds like a lot of vacation to fit into. I don't know how much vacation you get, but uh, good luck <laughs> with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what about personally? Is the beginning of the year? Have you set yourself any professional goals or? Uh, what are kind of yeah where are you headed in terms of your career you've you've kind of been promoted um to heading up the the team there where where do you see yourself going from here yeah yeah so um i kind of set some intentions for 2019 none of them are solid hard goals um but more so just kind of what intentions I want to focus on this year. Um, one of them, obviously, with my new role is facilitating the growth of the Crema product management team. Um, so as we grow as a company um, and also as a team, just making sure that um, my direct team has everything that they need to be performing at their best. Um, so with that, I'm also working on growing confidence in my new role. So it's effective. It was effective January 1st. So I'm pretty fresh in this new role and I've never been a manager before. Um, so just kind of growing confidence around that, um, which really just comes with practice. Um, so I'll be doing a lot of that. 
And then another one of my goals or intentions for the year is all around um, public speaking, uh, doing more engagements, both internally and externally, so that I can grow that skill set and feel more confident when I'm getting up on stage, or even if it's just to a small group, um, just growing that overall. Have you got any any particular topics that you think you might be talking about in the year ahead? <laughs> I think well, <laughs> I think there will be many many topics, uh, but the the kind of overarching theme of all of it will be around product management at agencies. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's a, a lot of room for content around that because a lot of the product management content that's out there is around um, being a product manager at a software company, some, you know, a company like Spotify, for example, which is great. It's really informative, but it's not exactly how product management works with an agencies all the time. Um, and so I'm hoping to do a lot of speaking and writing around that particular topic in 2019. Mm. I mean, let's talk about that for a minute. So I think you're like everybody, if you haven't seen like the, the Spotify videos on product management, they're excellent. And I highly recommend, um, watching those but i want to yeah let's talk about that though how how is product management at an agency different from product management at a software product shop and what are what are the challenges because we we have this mix of product versus project management um Mm -hmm. but, but but where do you see the similarities and differences being yeah, I do definitely see a lot of similarities. So when you think of, you know, your clients in, in our world, um, when you work at a software company like Spotify, um, really that's just your internal stakeholders that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're in more of an agency model, that does take a little bit of a different tone. You know, you do have to spend, you do have to put a little bit more effort into that client management and making sure you're building that trust and making sure that everybody continues to stay on the same page. Um, and making sure that your clients continue to stay involved in your projects to the level that you want them to be involved. Um, and so I think there's many topics for me to flesh out there. Um, but that's probably the biggest thing that I see the difference in. Um, there's also, you know, there's some differences between how you go about developing it and how the projects are funded. Um, when you're, uh, big software company like Spotify, you're assigned a team and that's your team to work on. Um, whereas in the agency world, you're doing a little bit more selling and making sure that you're not only continuing to deliver value to the client, but also continuing to show them that, you know, at the end of the day, this is still your team, even though we're not, you know, directly within your company. Um, and so just being there for the client and showing them that along the way is really important. And it maybe comes a little bit easier or maybe not <laughs> at software companies. Yeah. Cool. And I'm curious, um, with you, um yeah do lots of work in the product space um can you tell us what's in your toolkit like there's still there's still you know budgets to manage timelines to manage um but what's in your kind of product pm toolkit how do you how what are the tools that you're using to kind of keep all this in check yeah definitely so there is still some crossover um this is one of the biggest differences i would say also with between you know being a product manager at a software company and at an agency is that I still do some PM related tasks on a pretty regular basis. And so in my toolkit, I still have things that help me project forecast like harvest forecast. Um, so that way I can see how our teams are allocated, upcoming projects that are coming in the door, how we're going to allocate those projects. That's still part of my job and always will yeah. be. 
Um, things like meeting bird. I think I mentioned in my last podcast for scheduling, because frankly, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time trying to find spots in the schedule. And I'd rather just send a link and have them choose a time. Um, so I still use that on a pretty regular basis. Of course, your normal, you know, Slack, Dropbox paper, that kind of thing. Um, and then one big thing that I've kind of found a gap in um, Jira Atlassian's Jira has some solutions with this. And, and one of my clients we use Jira on, but not all my clients. Um, and what the gap is, is that being able to communicate the roadmap, both at the, you know, the 30,000 uh, foot level view and also yeah. at the 10,000 foot view. Mm. And Jira does have a solution for that. Um, but I haven't found anything outside of Jira that really checks all the boxes that I'd like it to. So what I actually end up using is I just use Keynote quite a bit, um, to do a lot of that communication and creation of artifacts. Um, so that way we can always continue to keep the client on the same page with us um, in terms of how we're trending, um, all of the things that we need to deliver on a regular basis. But Keynote is just probably one of the tools I feel most comfortable in um, being able to quickly um, put things in a slide and get that over to the client. Yeah, no, I think I think that is a really interesting challenge. And there, yeah, there are some like roadmap tools out there, but how they actually integrate um, with yeah Jira or whatever you're using, I think it's yeah, is weak because yeah, it's, it's having that being able to show your um, client or your team, okay, yeah, here's the big picture view, here's the roadmap of where we're going, and mm-hmm. then here's the purpose or the goal for each of these sprints, and then within within each sprint, what are the things that we're doing? How does that deliver on that sprint goal, which delivers to the to the product roadmap, and that kind of the interface between those elements, yeah, is something that I think is being able to extract um like hey this is the big picture we're here which is going to get us there um that is one of the challenges of of jira and um i think one of the weaknesses in it but it's so important to you know in that communication with the client like here's why we're doing these things in the next sprint and here's why we're not doing those other things that you really want us to get to um (laughs) Because we need to do this before we can do that uh, to do X, Y, and Z. So um, I'm intrigued that you're using Keynote because that's obviously a very manual solution to it. It looks nice, I'm sure, but it's manual. Yeah, it's definitely not ideal. But like you mentioned, there's nothing out there yet that really checks all the boxes I want um, for it to check. I think Jira gets the closest. Um, and I, I will probably be exper- or experimenting with that in the coming year because they just released it not too long ago. Um, but I'm hoping that it can it can do a lot of what I do manually, um, programmatically, just so I can save some time there. But once you have your templates down and everything, it doesn't take a whole lot of time. It's just more about making sure that it gets updated on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, um, I want to talk about um, your post and actually combine it with the discussion about project management as a whole. And you've written a post all about uh, the biggest lies in project management and in that, you talk about, you know, some of the biggest lies being that clients don't need project management, um, that PMs only care about timelines and budget, that PMs aren't honest with me. Um, and basically, the, the kind of net result of these three things uh, can be this misconception uh, by clients or even our peers, uh, whoever, uh, that project management isn't important. And I think actually there's a um there's a discourse that would say hey actually you know project management is dying who needs it 
anyway. We can just, why don't we just kind of talk with the people who are doing the work and let's just kind of, let's just get this done. Let's just work together and kind of hash it out. But what I would argue, as I suggested in the intro, is that actually project management um, is an important thing. And uh, the role that we play as project managers uh, is really important uh, for a whole host of reasons that we're going to talk about in a moment. But let's just start, though, by actually talking about this perception thing. And I'm curious as to actually why should we care whether or not people value what we do? Do, do you think we should care? Um, and if we, if we should care, why? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I do think we should care. Um, but I do think that we do need to take it with, you know, somewhat of a grain of salt, right? Because let's be real. Um, for the most part, we're not saving lives, at least directly, right? We might be working on software that does occasionally, but, um, we're not, you know, in the, in the midst of providing CPR to somebody. So you does, you need to take it a little bit with that. But I do suppose that most, most people tie how they're valued to their own self-worth. Um, so whether that's right or wrong, that's a different podcast, but I do think it's important to feel valued in what you do, whether that is software development, whether that's project management, product management, whatever, uh, it's important to feel valued in what you do. And at the end of the day in our business, value equals money and everybody has bills to pay. Um, and so I do think that there's value in what we do. And I know we'll get into some of these other um, topics and as to why that is. Um, but in short, yes, I do think that there's a lot of value to the project management process and um, project managers in general. So uh, if, um, yeah, I'm curious as to why you think it is then that, um, you know, people do believe this um, perception that, um, and why is it that this kind of comes time and time again, that project management is this added worthless expense? And you kind of talk about this in your article and actually, Tucker's provided an excellent email uh, that you can just copy and paste when a client suggests that you don't need project management. But, you know, there's no smoke without fire, right? So why is it that people have believed this lie that, you know, project management is this worthless expense? Um, and how can we, yeah, and, what, and what, what can we do to negate that? Yeah, I think I think more and more what we're seeing is that People, whether that's our direct clients or the people that we're working at, working with in the negotiation process during contracting, is that people are pressured to negotiate with the vendors, us, um, so that they get the lowest cost for the highest value, or at least the perceived highest value. So I think out of all the roles on the pro- on any given project, particularly digital projects, project managers usually have the least tangible work product when compared to designers, developers, copywriters, you name it. Um, I think there's a similar parallel with um, test engineers or what sometimes other people refer to as quality assurance engineers, um, mm. because we don't have something that directly the client can can see, right? It's more of just, okay, here's the end result. Um, and it's it's kind of hard to, to show that and show that work. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not valuable. I think you mentioned mm. it in the intro. Usually... Um, more seasoned clients that have built products before, done websites, will know that 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 those roles are needed on every project. And they the reason they know that is because they've probably done that before, and then they've had to have a PM come in and quote unquote you know save the day. Um, and then they realize that they actually blew their budget because they didn't include the PM to begin with, or you know in some cases quality or test engineers. 
Um, and so I think, I think that's why we see it the most is, is two parts. One, the negotiation process, wanting to cut out costs where they can or where they think they can. And then two, not being able to see anything tangible in what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, let's talk about some of those lies about um, project management. And yeah, I want to talk about, you know, this, let's start with this, you know, clients don't think that they need project management, but um, I, I'm suggesting 10 reasons um, and we can talk about some of these in a second. But 10 reasons why project management is important and why clients do need project management. And you touched on some of these in your article, uh, but we've got strategic alignment, leadership for the project, having a clear focus and objectives, realistic project planning, not just pie in the sky, uh, quality control, risk management, an orderly process, continuous oversight, subject matter expertise, and also managing and learning from success and failure. Um, now, I want to just touch on a couple of these topics, but one of them I think that's really important is leadership. Mm-hmm. And you touched on this in your article uh, where, you know, as project managers, we can, you know, there needs to be someone there who's leading the team, who's who's doing the strategic alignment, who's providing a focus, um, who's uh, setting the kind of direction and the setting the course for the project or the product. Um, there might not be the the product owner themselves but someone who to kind of galvanize the team um but how would you kind of uh help the client understand the value of that um why do you why do you think that leadership kind of aspect is important and how do you try and explain that to a client yeah that's a good one you know i think with every project i think we all know that somebody's got to be there to keep moving the ball forward um and by that, what I mean, somebody needs to be there every day or nearly every day to keep moving the ball forward um, because you never know when you're going to run into a blocker that needs to be removed. Um, and oftentimes our clients are, are busy people. Um, you know, they're, this isn't their only project that they're, they're working on. This is just one of their priorities. And so they're kind of leaving it up to us to make sure that that continues to happen and that we keep moving that ball forward and that we're raising things to them when things come up that might impede the progress of the overall project and, and could be you know, tied to their performance and how they're rated on their performance internally. Um, and so I think just making sure that the client understands that you're, that, that they can trust you um, to keep things going um, and making sure that they understand that that's your purpose of being on the project. And so that way they don't have to be in it every single day yeah. and making sure that that, they can do that because quite frankly, they probably also don't have the time or the skills to do it. Um, and so that's why we, we as project managers need to make sure that we are providing that leadership and that we're speaking up both internally and externally um, to keep that moving forward. Yeah. And I think, I think you mentioned this in your, um, in your article, um, but it's kind of like, it, it's that aspect that, you know, you don't good project management, you, um, you shouldn't notice good project management. It's kind of like air quality. You don't notice um, air quality until it's bad. And it's the same kind of thing um, with project management as well. And I think, yeah, those other things that I talked about, you know, things like quality control, risk management, that continuous oversight, um, I think is really important. And I think clients can sometimes think, hey, we'll just get away with it. You know, we're working with really, you know, if we're working with a developer, and, uh, you know, they should be the best 
in class because they're coming from this agency or working with a designer, um, then surely they know what they're doing. So they shouldn't need much management, right? Um, but the reality is, yes, somebody needs to be leading the project and uh, providing that oversight in order to, to kind of keep the project on track. So, yeah. so I think, yeah, clients need project management. That's kind of where, where I'd uh, end that. But, um, one of your other arguments that you talk about is, you know, PMs only care about timelines and budgets. And that can be, uh, something, a criticism that's kind of leveled, um, at us because, you know, we become not strategic where we're not providing leadership and we kind of become too focused on this continuous oversight thing. Um, and in your article, you talk about actually what you try and spend your time on is relationship management, communication, uh, and negotiation. Um, so I understand kind of like high level themes, what that looks like, but day in, day out, what does that, what does that look like for you? What, how does that impact your day? Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about actually. So, um, it does differ, you know, a little bit based on any given client or project and where you're at with that client, um, kind of in your relationship or your engagement. Um, but it can look like anything from one-on-one check-ins with your client and your team um, to ensuring that helpful artifacts are getting shipped out to communicate um, to the client and to maybe their stakeholders. Um, and that can also include making sure that you're challenging the client um, and, and making sure that your team is on the path forward that makes the most sense for the best possible product idea. And so I think really where I find myself spending the most time is the reason I spend the most time on these three things is because these three things combined, no matter how the project goes, um, you know, wrenches are going to get thrown in it left and right. But if I have a good working relationship with my team and with my client, who I frankly consider part of the team, uh, if things are getting communicated well, and if I'm constantly challenging both the team and the client, I know that no matter what comes up in the project, no matter what gets thrown at us, we're all going to be pretty much on the same page on um, kind of how we should move forward. There's not going to be any finger pointing on this person did this thing wrong or that thing wrong. It's going to be a much more productive conversation about how we keep the ball moving forward. Um, because I have spent that time on those three things and, and invested my time there. Yeah. And I think for me, that comes back to that, you know, the first thing actually that I mentioned in the list of things of why we should care about it is that strategic alignment. And we get to that strategic alignment with the client and with the team when we're, you know, when there's communication there, whether that relationship management, um, that kind of ongoing negotiation is happening rather than a big disaster happening and requiring this, you know, disastrous negotiation. But if negotiation and communication is a regular part of the um, the relationship, then um, we can kind of, when issues do come up, we're we're much more aligned, and it's much easier to get to uh, a resolution. So, um, so yeah, we are our focus can't just be on timelines and budgets. And I think what you talk about in your article is that you know if you're if you are just focused on timelines and budgets, um, then you're doing it wrong. Um, but one of the things that you talk about is, uh, as well, you know, creating optimal working conditions for the team. Um, and, it, you know, it, it kind of plays into that scrum master role, which is like 
you know, removing blockers from the team. But how else are you kind of, what does creating optimal working conditions for the team, what does, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, like you just mentioned, uh, making sure that you are acting in a role where the, you can uh, remove any blockers that do come up. So that way your team can keep moving forward. Um, that's a given. Um, but for every project, it'll look a little bit different. Um, but that one will come up no matter what. Um, I think the other piece of this is when you're thinking about creating the optimal work conditions for your your team and also for your client, um, you really need to give everybody space. Um, and that's space to make sure that they can do their uh, best work possible and that you're not they don't have this feeling that you're constantly breathing down their neck or checking in with them on a on a on a too regular basis <laughs> too frequently yeah. to the point where it feels like you don't trust them to do their job really kind of what what I kind of what I think of when I when I do this is that I want to treat my team like adults right we all have a job to do we all make money doing it so I should trust them to do their job. I shouldn't be breathing down their necks to make sure that they're getting things done. Or same thing with the client, right? I'm not, it's not my job to babysit or anything like that, right? So I need to trust my client and trust my team that they are going to deliver on what they need to deliver on. And then if something isn't being delivered on, that's a, that's another conversation. Um, but that's really what I think of when making the most optimal working conditions, just making sure that I, I build that trust and I, I let the team go and let them do their job. Yeah, I think that's I think that's helpful. Um, and also in your article, you, I mean, you talk about um, PMs aren't honest with me, and that's kind of one of the criticisms of project managers is that you know the PMs just trying to um, cover their ass. They're trying to you know make their life easy, um, and so they're you know not having the conversations that they need to, um, but what are your, you know, thinking about what you just said about, you know, you don't want to be a micromanager um, and you want to kind of let people get on and you want to enable people really to do their best work. How do you, how do you then st- strike that balance with um, being able to provide the client with, you know, timely and correct updates? Because often it can be the case that maybe that it wasn't that the PM wasn't deliberately dishonest with you it's just that based on the information that they had um from their team uh that was you know what they understood to be the situation or the or the current status so how do you balance that um micromanagement with being able to provide you know accurate and um I guess, realistic updates to clients so they don't get this sense that, oh, the PM is being dishonest. Any tips on that? Yeah, yeah. I think it's just, I think to make sure that they don't think you're being dishonest, it's just making sure that you're constantly communicating um, in real time, think honest things that are coming up with the team. Um, if your team is struggling uh, for any given reason, there's really no, you're not really benefiting from not delivering that news to the client other than expectations not being set properly down the road. And that's ends up, you know, damaging relationship even further. So if your team is honestly having some challenges and that's affecting any results that you're, you're moving towards, just be honest with the client about it. And also the same goes for your team. You know, if you're having some challenges with getting information from your client or, you know, maybe, maybe some blockers have come up that you haven't been able to remove. Let your team know that you're working on it. Um, but that 
be honest with them. Hey, here's what I'm working on with the client. Here's why the client's having a tr- trouble getting this to me. Um, it just helps everybody know that you're not trying to be a gatekeeper of any information and you're not trying to be malicious about anything. Yeah. Um, but you're just trying to make sure that everybody stays on the same page. Um, there's really, I've had very few times where I have felt like I've needed to protect my team from any kind of knowledge or my client from any kind of knowledge. Um, there's whenever, anytime that any of those things have come up, I don't really see the benefit in not telling them. Um, and just making sure that they have that information, you know, most, most often they're not, it's going to be fine. Sometimes it might cause a little bit of an awkward conversation, but I will tell you for sure that that one awkward conversation is much better than the much more awkward conversation down the road. Mm. Uh, because you didn't say something that you needed to say earlier on in the project. Yeah. So kind of wrapping up this bit then, what would you, I mean, you've, you've talked about three of these kind of the biggest lies in project management. Um, but for you overall, what tends to be the biggest challenge of making the case for project management? What, what, what's the thing that you kind of think, um, yeah, clients actually have most issue with and, and what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it kind of gets back to the beginning of this whole thing is I think the biggest, the biggest challenge that I've seen out there is that clients have, or some clients have gotten in their head that, you know, some of my projects don't need project management. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need it because I have my own project management team. Um, so why should I have to pay for your project manager? You know, that, yeah. that is the thing that continues to come up. And so I think, you know, the best way to get around that is just making sure that they understand why project management is important, um, that you contribute to the team beyond just giving updates and, and being a low level push, uh, paper pusher, mm-hmm. um, and that you don't withhold information from your team or your clients. I think all of those things really lead up to making sure that when the clients are, um, trying to make the case that they don't need project management, that you have that um, in your back pocket. And I think that all goes to showing that you deliver value um, to your client on a, on a very consistent basis. Yeah. I think that's helpful. Um, And I think one of the things, I mean, maybe this plays into it, but I think um, with the, you know, growing popularity of scrum and, obviously the role of scrum master and product owner, but no project manager. Um, do you think the, well, I mean, what's your kind of view on the kind of evolution of the project management role? Do you think project management is becoming redundant or, or how do you see that kind of playing out? Because you're now director of product management and as digital tr- shops try to pivot um, to do more product development work where there's, you know, ongoing recurring revenue it's kind of a safer a safer bet um where do you where do you see this kind of the evolution of the pm role going within agencies yeah this is a really good question um i do think that i or i should i should clarify i don't think that pms are becoming redundant um i do think that there is there will always be a need for digital project management but i think some of it might shift um, and what I mean by that is I mean that it really depends on the type of work that you're doing at the end of the day. Um, the type of work that we're doing at the end of the day at Crema is a lot of product development. Um, product development um, lends itself best, I think, to the skill sets of what we consider product managers. 
Um, but, you know, some digital projects are um, some of your more traditional digital projects, you know, email campaigns, marketing websites, those kinds of things that are, you know, the, the details differ at, um, you know, at the zoomed in level, but you zoom out and really um, they're kind of the same type of work. And so I think that we'll still see digital product management in that regard. But I do think as we see more and more companies um, need complex digital project products, that does require somebody to have the ability to zoom all the way out into, or sorry, zoom all the way into the nitty gritty details and then zoom all the way out and communicate how those details relate to the overall product strategy. Um, so I do think there is a shift happening, but I don't necessarily think it means that the PM is becoming redundant. It's just more so about the work that's being done. Yeah. Um, and at Crema, you know, we've seen a lot of growth. Um, so we see a lot of product managers um, at digital agencies being more commonplace in the future. Um, because nearly every business has product ideas that they need to, that they need to have designed and developed, but they also recognize that they might not have the skill set, you know, internally to handle that in the best way. Um, which is, I think, one of the reasons why we're doing so well. Um, so yeah, I do think there's a shift happening, but I don't I don't think that it necessarily means that digital project managers are going away anytime soon. Yeah, I do. I think maybe the way I see it is that. Um, the aspect of product management that project managers, I think, um, need to be cognizant of is this more strategic uh, part of the role. So it's, mm-hmm. um, if we kind of think of project managers as the product owner, uh, I know there's a big difference between the two, but the, but the what a product owner does is understands the business um, they understand what's going to deliver strategic value. Um, they, yes, they're kind of thinking about the sequencing, about what needs to be built in what order to provide the most value. But it's that strategic lens that I think is a really important uh, part of project management that I think we can often forget about. And, you know, you talked about, you know, PMs only caring about timelines and budgets. Well, the product the product owner or the you know the, the product manager has a more strategic lens and I think every project manager should be thinking about okay well how can I be ensuring that I'm delivering strategic value how can I make sure that I'm not just focused on delivering this project uh, but actually that the client is getting value out of this as well and how am I going to be delivering value and I think um, regardless then of the change of you know whether or not we end up being called product managers or project managers um, and depending on you know the, the work that we co- the do it shifts um, I think having that more strategic lens is gonna um, is going to be useful you know re- regardless of what happens yep 100% cool so I just want to finish by asking you you know what would you say for someone listening to this um, podcast maybe who's a maybe they're a client and they're thinking oh well, I'm still trying to decide whether I need to get pay for project management on my project um, or maybe, you know, advice for a PM thinking, OK, what's the most important thing I need to do to make a client feel like they're getting value? What would be what for you is the most valuable thing that we can do? What's the most important thing for us to take away here? Yeah, I think the running theme in, in all of this is building trust. So not only doing that with your client, but also doing it with your team, get to know them as humans first, um, really does help a ton if you get to know them as a human first. 
um, because then there will also be more grace given um, throughout the project. And, and, you know, as I said earlier, as branches get thrown into the plan, if you know each other as humans, it's a much more um, productive conversation rather than trying to point fingers. Um, and I think part of that building trust, um, you know, those are the two words if out of anything in this podcast you remember, those are the two words to remember. But to just elaborate on that a little bit further, I would say when you're doing that with your clients, um, so obviously first you get to know them as humans, but second, um, one way to build trust very quickly is challenging their thinking. You know, they're hiring you to be the expert. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's what you should be doing. Um, don't feel like you can't challenge their thinking just because they're paying the bills. They, they probably want that. Most clients do. Um, and that will build respect really quickly amongst your team members and amongst your clients. Um, and so that way you'll have that trust kind of pretty quickly out of the gate. Cool. Sound advice. Tucker, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great having you with us. It's been great talking to you. Thank you, Ben. So what do you think? Do you agree? Is project management important? Or is it not? Tell us what you think. Comment on the post and head to the resources section of the digitalprojectmanager.com to join our Slack team where you'll find all kinds of interesting conversations going on about all things digital and PM. Uh, and you'll probably find most people there would say project management is important, but feel free to add your perspective too. And if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and take a couple of minutes just to leave an honest review for the DPM podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Ratings and reviews are really appreciated and really helpful because it helps us take the show and make it better it's greatly appreciated but until next time thanks for listening